Yo, what's up, everybody? Welcome to Inside the H podcast, where we are Houston everything all the time. My name is Ike Cuellar. You can find me on Twitter X at Ike Cuellar. That's I-K-E-C-U-E-L-L-A-R. Kush, bro, what a Sunday it was for the city of Houston. You know, the sports teams, man. Um, just what a day, to say the least, man. Uh, how they got you feeling, man? How your teams got you feeling, Kush? Man, it was this past Sunday was probably one of the best um, Houston sports Sundays and we've had in a long time because, I mean, I can't remember a day where the Astros, you know, first of all, they made the playoffs on Saturday. They won the division on Sunday. And then the Texans looking how they, how they looked on Sunday with that uh, dominating win over the Pittsburgh Steelers at home. I mean, I don't know about you, but I can't remember a Sunday where – both of our teams like this um won the game like they, they like they won their respective games man it's and i think that's the i think that's the the sentiment across all Houston sports fans from what i saw on social media man is what a great sunday facts man unbelievable so let's get right into it man let's start with the Houston Texans defeating the Pittsburgh Steelers 30 to 6 what a fucking game all around. I mean, it was a great day at NRG from the battle red jerseys and helmet to JJ Watt getting inducted into the ring of honor. And it was just a dominating performance by your Houston Texans, man. And let's start with the offense, man. Right. You know, the bright spot that everybody saw uh, CJ Stroud is him. Like, bro was balling from the beginning of the game. He finished with 306 yards, passing yards, and two touchdowns. And I want to talk about how, you know, he got into his rhythm, Kush, because it was a mixture of things that Bobby Slowick was calling to get him comfortable. And we talked about it before on this podcast I mentioned a couple of times when you get the screen game involved, it takes a lot of pressure off the quarterback and it keeps the defense honest. And they were doing a lot of that early in the game, especially the first drive, you know, of the game. You know, it was looking rough for us when we got to the red zone, man, because we got a couple of penalties that pushed us back out to, I think it was a little outside the 10. And it looked like we weren't going to be able, you know, to get a touchdown, but we kept our poise and we were still able to get a touchdown. He hit Nico Collins on like a, a mini slant route in the inside. And when I saw that drive cush, I knew that it was going to be a good day for the Houston Texans because we were faced with adversity early in the game and we're still able to deliver CJ was him. Uh, like I said, um, is there anything from the first drive, bro, that you remember that just stood out to you? Well, that first drive, uh, when we're in the red zone, we scored three touchdowns, man, but two of them got called back by, um, penalties. Uh, you know, that first one where CJ, uh, extended the hand to the, 
uh, to the end zone. I mean, I think that was close, but, you know, they reviewed it. He didn't get it. And then we run it in with Damian Pierce. Then that we got called for a hold. And I think we were like what back at like the 15 or 20 yard line. And I was like, man, it would be so Texans of them to just get a field goal here uh, and kick and give it back to the Seagulls offense. But you know what? This is the new and improved 2023 Houston Texans. They punched it Max. in the end zone. Um, and, you know, I tweeted this during the game last week. I was like, man, if it was a, if, it, if this was the Texans of the past, they would have settled for a field goal. But, you know, D'Amico, he was he kept he kept it on the ground to get closer to the end zone. But, you know, the the, the play action passed uh, touchdown to Nico Collins. That's what you want to see in, in the red zone. I think, you know, we talked about this before the season. I said, Nico Collins, in order for him to make that next step to become a number one wide receiver in this league, he's going to have to make tough catches in the end zone. And he did just that, you know. And I think he's, you know, four games in, he's really proved that he is the number one receiver on this team. And that, you know, if you throw it in his direction, he's going to catch it. So, uh, that I think that was huge on the first drive of the game to score a touchdown, and that kind of set the tone for the, the rest of the game. No, for sure, man, for sure, because when you can score early like that, it takes a lot of pressure off your defense because if they come out and just eat like, the, like they were, they have, you know, a touchdown to work with, you know, they can, even if they give up a touchdown back, it's still a tied game. So it takes the pressure off and now everybody's playing with more confidence, but I want to get back to CJ Shroud, man. One thing that I really have noticed from him, Kush is he knows that the offensive line is not one of the best in the NFL. And one of the things that he's doing that I'm seeing in these games is he's getting rid of the ball really fast, really quick. He's making quick decisions and hitting guys downfield and not wasting any time. You know, he rushed four times, I believe for 16 yards. So he doesn't really rush a lot, which is really a good sign because when your quarterback can do the damage, just throwing the football, you're more than likely to stay healthy, man, because you don't you you can rush, you know, to pick up those first downs, but we don't want our main guy, our franchise quarterback doing that. So he knows when to do it, and he's very disciplined about it. So um, another thing that really helped them a lot and you know kept the defense honest was some of those sweet plays that we were calling when uh, Tank Dale was coming back across and he would just hand it off to him and he'll use his speed to try to pick up some yards in that first down. So the defense really had not a lot of time to react to that because when any man is in motion, the defense is already in trouble, man, because you got to keep your eyes on everything. Like, is he going to hand it off or is he, you know, going to hand it to the running back or is he going to throw it? So, you know, I thought that Bobby Slowick did a phenomenal job calling the plays because he, he was very creative with it. And I feel like if we still had Bill O'Brien, David Cully, or Lubby Smith, we would not see none of this, Kush. 
Um, you now and now in, in football, like the way it is now, you have to be able to be creative and keep the defense guessing. You can't be predictable, right? So a lot of these plays that we saw, the defense was on, on its heels, man. And I don't know if you remember that touchdown that Singletary threw, uh, you know, in the end zone. But, like, that shit would have never happened with Bill O'Brien. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, those plays, you got to be able to adapt now and just be really creative in the red zone because these defenses, they're just too good now, right? You're not just going to be able to punch it in uh, in the running game when you really don't have an offensive line. So the offense looked great. I want to talk about Nico Collins for a second, Kush, because Bro had a day. Like, he is really having a good year so far. He had seven receptions for 168 yards and two touchdowns. That's a monster game uh, from Nico Collins. And I like how him and Tank Dale in certain games, they alternate, right? Because when we won against the Jaguars, it was Tank Dale that had, you know, some of those big plays and scored those touchdowns. But now when you focus on Dale and his speed, Nico Collins is going to be, you know, man-to-man and single coverage. So there's a saying in football that says even when you're – if you're playing man, even if your receiver is covered – He's open, you know, especially if you got a, a good receiver because you just got to give him a chance. And the way he's been playing, uh, you got to give him the ball more and more, and it's only going to make CJ uh, get more confident and make Nico look good at the same time, man. So we have, you know, a great offense so far. Um, we talked about it before, like earlier this year, Kush. We were one of the first ones that I could remember that say CJ was going to have a great year. I don't know if you remember that, right? And if we go further back, I wanted to draft CJ at number two, right? And it's just the accuracy and how he gets rid of the ball so fast that is very impressive. And after this win, we've been getting a lot of hype everywhere. You know, ESPN, um, you know, Fox, they've been talking nothing but, you know, good things about C.J. Shroud. And if he keeps it up, man, God willing, you know, he stays healthy. I really feel like he can win rookie of the year, man. So um, what are your thoughts, man? Like, do you think he can keep that up, like, during the season, Kush? Uh, Because a lot of people say, you know, we really haven't played nobody you know, in terms of the good teams in the NFL. But I will tell them, haters, we don't make the fucking schedule, bro. We just show up and play, right? So do you think he can continue, like, balling out like this? Yeah, I I think he can continue it. But I think more than CJ – like, CJ Stroud had a great game. Don't get me wrong. But I think the thing people really aren't aren't really talking about is the job that – D'Amico Ryan's and the coaching staff did scheming and um, coaching up the offensive linemen against one of the best two, one of the best pass like pass rushing duos in the freaking NFL, TJ Watt and Highsmith, man. Because if you watch this game, like 
they were throwing running backs at him to block him, tight ends to chip him. Uh, you know, th they were really creative in really giving TJ Watt just different looks, you know, like, and d even during the game, during the broadcast, when they had JJ Watt on, they were talking about it. Uh, JJ Watt pretty much brought up the fact that if TJ, if TJ gets one hurry, you know, one hit on CJ Stroud, that really gets his juices flowing. That gets him going. And I think they did a great, great job of just not letting that happen. Um, to have a third string offensive line out there and for them to do that good of a job of containing TJ Watt pass rush wise, like you have to give it up to D'Amico Rhines and that coaching staff and Bobby Slowick too, man, because that is really, really hard to do. That's he, it's he's one of the best pass rushers in the NFL. Some may say he is the best pass rush pass rusher in the NFL and I think they did it. They did a great job scheming and just not letting him get to their quarterback. And there was a couple plays where um, he he almost got there and he affected uh, the throw from CJ. But I think one of CJ's best qualities is when he gets hit, uh, when he has a quote unquote negative play, he hasn't had a pick yet. But when he has an incompletion, when he has like plays like that where he's hurried and has to get rid of the ball. He just turns the page, goes to the next play. So I think overall, great job by the offense. And uh, to answer your question about CJ Stroud, I think he can keep I think he can keep it going. Like if you would have asked you or me before the season, before we even drafted CJ Stroud, if we would have envisioned him breaking records, like breaking rookie records like this four games into the season, I would I would have said you're crazy. I mean, I expected him to play well, but I didn't expect him to play this well. Like, he's been Fair. really, really good um, without even a freaking starting offensive line. Uh, and uh, the number one receiver, Nico Collins, who a lot of people, you know, thought he was like a number two at best. Um, yeah, man, CJ, he's been really, really good. You have a winnable game at Atlanta. Uh, next week, then you're at home against the Saints. So, you, if he keeps playing like this, you could be four and two after six games. Which, to me, that's 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 the starting point for D'Amico Ryan's being in the conversation for Coach of the Year. Facts, man. I agree. I agree with what you're saying, Coach. And before we say anything else, man, let's give a happy birthday uh, to C.J. Stroud. It's today, man. So. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about him a little bit more, man, because it's his birthday and he deserves this. He he deserves this, man. He this praise and this love because of the way he's been playing. Let me tell you why he is him, Kush. So on third and fourth downs this season, he's thirty-seven out of fifty-four for four hundred and ninety yards and four touchdowns. As a rookie quarterback, that is fucking impressive, man. And it's a reason why you have a two-game winning streak, why you know you're at 500 right now. Because if I would tell you, if you remember, Kush, that game we went to against the Colts, he didn't look nothing like this. Uh, he Like, we couldn't do anything to put points on the board. And we, we didn't look like... Like no 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 way close to how we look now. 
And just what he's doing right now is so special. He has more completions than Patrick Mahomes and Jalen Hurts right now. I know it's only four games, but when you hear stuff like that, it's impressive. And he also has a higher passer rating than Trevor Lawrence and Joe Burrow. And no Joe Burrow is, is, is a little banged up, man. But still, like, these stats that he's putting up are remarkable. They're so special, man. The kid is special. He is him. Happy birthday, man. Let's uh let's uh let's move on to the defense. Um, because the defense also had a hell of a game. We only gave up two field goals, Kush. And the defense were swarming everywhere. Uh what I saw from the game was we're giving up everything in front of us. And when we needed to make the tackle, we were so fucking good tackling this game. We were not giving up extra yards. You know, Najee Harris in the second half, he had a better second half, like, you know, in terms of yardage. But by that time, it was already too late. There were like garbage points, you know, garbage yards at, at that point because we we're just trying to make sure the clock was was rolling. But the defense played really good. We had an interception uh, in the first quarter. Um, and, you know, we were just not giving up anything, Kush. And even, like, Steelers, Grace, that played with them before, um, like Ryan Clark said that the Texans, like, really disrespected the Pittsburgh Steelers that game. Like, we did not – care who we were playing we were just out there balling out and he was giving us so much praise and this is a former Steeler like saying this so it just tells you how well we've been playing um what is you know something that stood out for you man um from the defense Kush, from that game I think the defensive MVP of this game was Jonathan Grenard man two sacks um he had a huge, huge sack on fourth and one where they're starting to, like, get, get something going offensively. Uh, Jonathan Grenard just sacked him, turnover on downs. Like, I think this might be his coming out party game um, against the Steelers, man. He played great. He was good. He was really good against the run. Uh, I think the pass rush duo of Grenard and Will Anderson Jr. is just – they're just starting to get going. And really, all day offensively, the Steelers couldn't do anything. Like, Henny Pickett couldn't – like, there was pressure in his face at all times. Uh, he That first interception, like you said, uh, Steven Nelson, he just threw it up there. There were two guys there. Nelson just went over the top of his receiver and just picked the ball off. And I think def- defensively, we really miss Jalen Petrie the first three games of the season because – to me, especially in the run game, he was a he was a difference maker in the run game against the Steelers. He was getting in the box, making great tackles. Like he's he's like a missile coming out of that defensive backfield. Um, and like you said, Najee Harris, he couldn't get going all game. He kind of got to go in the second half. But really, we in the second half we allowed them to move the football. But really, when it came down to it in the in the red zone, we uh, forced them to kick field goals and 
whenever they did go for it on fourth on fourth down, we stopped them. So just our defense played really, really, really good. And just I'm I just want I'm just going back to our safeties, man. Ward and uh Petrie, they they really, really played their asses off against the Steelers, man. And I think that's just the that's just the beginning for for them, and just I'm just really excited about Grenard, Will Anderson, Petrie, and Ward, man. I think those four guys are the like the key cogs in our defense. Obviously, Stingley didn't play uh, against the Steelers. He's going to be out for an extended period of time, but when he comes back, like I'm just thinking about man, how good this defense is going to be. Facts, bro, because. Really, I think our best, you know, skill on defense, in my opinion, is the tackling. Because as a defense, you're always going to give up something, right? You can't, you know, cover everything and just not give up any yards or no points. You're always going to give up something. But when you do give up something, it's important to limit that, right? Limit those yards after the catch or after the contact. That's why tackling is so important. And you saw it all game. Like you said, from the safeties, Jalen Petrie is a dog. Like he's, he's such a great tackler. And a lot of these running backs, when they were out in the side, like coming to the side and catching those passes, they couldn't get no yards, bro. They were being tackled as soon as they caught the ball. And that's why they had, like, it was something stupid, like 17 total yards by the mid-second quarter or something like that. It was – they could not move the ball. And Kenny Pickett, I like to call him Kenny Pick him because he's just trash. Like, he's going to throw them picks, bro. And um, not taking anything away from our defense, but really, like, if you know about – some of the Steeler fans of the shit they've been going through this year, they already want a new quarterback and offensive coordinator, and they're just bitching about everything, man. But we had a lot to do with that. It was because of us, uh, not just because your quarterback was trash, but <laughs> that's a different story. Yeah, um, let, me, let me mention another guy that I think was had a really good game. Rookie Henry Toto, the linebacker from Alabama, man. Yes. Against, against the run, he was really good. Like, you know, he didn't. He didn't hesitate. He didn't let the running back dictate, you know, which which way he was going to go to attack that defense. He just picked a spot, uh, ran through the line, just made a good tackle. So shout out to him, man. He had a really, really good game. Hopefully he can build on that. And as far as Kenny Pickett, like, I think he, I think he has potential to be a good quarterback. But, I mean, that play calling was so bad, man. Like, they – I remember what – they they threw a screen to the outside and the Texans knew exactly what they were going to do. And on the opposite side, offensively for us, like Bobby Sloak was calling these plays, like one play in particular, I remember where um, I think it was him and P- Stroud with Pierce next to him. And they brought Tank Dell, you know, in motion in the backfield, kind of like faked it to Damian Pierce, handed off to, um, Tank Dell, he took that outside for like seven, eight yard gain. And that's what I'm talking about with the Texans play calling. Like they're they have a purpose to what they're doing pre-snap this year. 
Like in the, the past couple of years, like we said with Bill O'Brien, like they just ran it up, ran it up the middle, like the Steelers tried to do. Like we knew exactly what they were going to do. There's no like misdirection uh, to fool the defense. Like I'm just, I'm just blown away by the play calling for us offensively. Like it's so much better, like so much more creative than it was in the past few years. And whatever he did was worth, like everything was working. The Steelers defense couldn't stop us. And I know we're talking about the defense, but, you know, I just had to bring that up. But, you know, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean it, def- uh, for us defensively, like, we knew exactly what, what they were going to do, where they were going to go. It was just opposite for our offense. Go ahead. Yeah, man, because, like, like I said before, one thing that we can really rely on is our defense. Like, D'Amico's going to have those guys ready to go, prepared, uh, coached up you know, looking at some of the strengths of the other team's offense. And you see it every game. You see how these guys are, are getting after it. And we had we almost we had a couple of sacks and there was also other opportunities where we could have got more sacks because we were just swarming everywhere. Like the pressure was there. And you know, now that we have Petrie back you can really get creative with the type of blitz that you want to send. And it's going to have a lot of these offensive coordinators and offenses, you know, like not knowing what to do. Because when I see this defense, really, I saw the defense of the San Francisco 49ers last year. That was fucking everywhere. And that was a big part of why, you know, they made it as far as they did last year. So, Really, like, happy, like I said before, just to have D'Amico Ryans as our head coach, man. Like, I don't think none of this shit would ever happen if we, we didn't have him, if we didn't hire him as our head coach, man. Even Stephen A. Smith was praising D'Amico, as crazy as that sounds. He was giving love to D'Amico Ryans and C.J. Stroud. That's wild even, you know, to say that. But we got the Atlanta Falcons next on the road. This Sunday, Kush, uh, give me a prediction, man. What's the score going to be? I think I think this the offense is going to hum again like it did last week. Um, for the Falcons, I mean, really the only guy that I'm actually really worried about on their offense is B. John Robinson, man. That guy is yeah, he's a hell of a player. And the one thing we can't do is let him take over the game, let that – let them run, you know, run a lot of the clock. But I will say Texans win 27 to 16, 27-16. I like that score. I like that score. Yeah, I, I agree with you, man. Um, you know, it sounds like simple for me to say this, but really we could just stack the box on them and, like, make him throw. You know, their quarterback has not been playing well. Uh, put pressure on him to make those throws and just don't let Bijan Robinson eat because he's, a, he's already proved that he's a great running back and he's just a dog. You know, he has that dog in him, as you can see. But um, I got the score 28 to 20, Texans winning. Um, really hope we can keep it up. And, and, you know, now when you look at it, man, um, we can fight for that division. We talked about it before uh, in the offseason. 
that we thought, you know, the Texans had a chance to win the division. You know, it's only four games in, but hey, as long as, you know, in the early part of the season, you stay around 500 ball and then you keep, you know, just winning games, you know, even if they're ugly games, just keep chipping away and winning those division games. You're going to have a chance at the end and hopefully everybody stays healthy, man. So, you know, let's uh, let's see if we can get this dub on Sunday against the Falcons. But with that, man, let's move on to the Houston Astros, your AL West champions, bro. How does that sound, Kush? Man, considering from where we were in April to now, man, that sounds amazing, man. I mean, I mean, I'm gonna be honest with you. Like, I didn't think the way the season was going, I didn't think we we're gonna win the division at all. I mean, I said this like midway through the season when we we're kind of like staying afloat, you know, like in second and third place. I was like, man, to be honest, we're lucky to even be in this position right now to just still be, you know, in within the division. They dropped a lot of game games against bad teams, but you know what? They beat good teams. You know, they earlier early in the season we talked about it. We we go to Arlington, we sweep them, score a crazy amount of runs, and you know, then we drop games, dropped series to the Yankees, we dropped series to the Royals, but the last two series against the Mariners and the Diamondbacks, I think they kind of got it going a little bit and. You know the famous saying, you can never, ever limp into the playoffs, which is they did the opposite of that. I think they kind of got I look, kind of heated up a little bit. And that, that Mariners series was – that had a playoff vibe to it, man. Facts. And, and that series to me was huge. They had to get two – they had to at least get two out of the three, which they did. Um, they could have swept the, swept them, but – uh, game two, we committed too many errors, ended up losing that game. But and then the infamous uh, Hector Neris incident in game three. Oh so, my God, I have to cook about this. Go ahead, but I'm gonna cook. Yeah, the the Neris incident, and so I think that I don't want to say it brought us back, but I think that kind of fired us up a little bit. And you know, after that, we started hitting. Uh, going back to the old Astros that we all know and love. So uh, I'm going to hand it back to you. Go go, uh, go off about Neris, man. Bro, when he did that, it fired the whole team up. And I don't know if you remember, but it was the next inning. I forgot how many runs we scored, but we just went off. We, like, broke the game ahead. Like, we got more insurance runs, and we just made sure that we were going to win that game. And to beat fucking Seattle and their fucking petty ass fans. I can't stand them. By the way, they're home by now. Like they can think about those games, you know, sitting on the couch now um, and complaining about what Neris was saying. Like, get the fuck out of here. This is sports. Like, you're gonna talk shit all throughout the game. And clearly, we all know there was history there from you know years prior the season. Uh, whenever. You know, I forgot when it was Kush. I think it was last year, right? Yeah, it was last they year. Had, uh, yeah. Yeah. So Julio, Julio kind of Julio kind of flexed on us a little bit last year. So you know, yeah, Nares had, had to give him back, get give him back one. You know. Yeah, I mean, Carlos a bitch, dude. And so, like, to, to for the team, for that team to be Seattle, who we did it against, is fucking amazing. 
And I think that was, that spark that he gave us really is what got us like these wins at the end, bro. Like we needed something like that. I'm not saying I'm not giving them all the credit, but that game definitely had a playoff atmosphere, right? You could, you could just feel it, like you said. And um, those Arizona games, bro, like we got the the there were close games. We scored two runs, one run the first two games, but we got it done. Sometimes it's ugly like that, but it doesn't matter, man. As long as you get the dub and then, you know, uh, Sunday, whenever the Rangers lost um, and we put up eight runs, like it was just like unbelievable run the way we had to close the year, man. And I think another thing that's not being talked about a lot is how when we clinch for the playoffs, we had a toast, right, Kush? After the game. Yep, yep. And the Rangers were celebrating like they fucking won the World Series. We're like, no, we're not done yet. We still have to close this shit out. And we did it. That's like, that's ball shit right there, bro. Like, yeah, I mean, that just just shows that, like, the difference between the two teams, right? Like, we've been there, we've done that. And we, we knew that there was a game to play afterwards. But the Rangers haven't been there since, like, what, 2011, 2010? Facts. 2012, whatever it was. Like, it's been a long time since they've been there. So, you know, my opinion on it, on it is not going to be popular with Astros fans. But if I'm, a, if I'm a Rangers fan, hell, man, I haven't been there in fucking years. I'm going to celebrate. But, you know, that's just the thing about it. Like, they haven't been there. They haven't done it like we have the past seven years. So, that game that meant more to them than our win meant to us because we knew yeah. that the division was still at stake. So, And you know what? We won the division. They didn't show up. They got shut out by the Mariners. So, hey, thank you, Seattle Mariners, for the division championship. <laughs> for real. Like, it's so crazy how it came down to the last fucking game of the regular season, Kush. And then for them to beat the Rangers, but then – they didn't make it. That shit was wild. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and like from the Rangers' point of view, like if they if they want to have the best path of, of advancing in the playoffs, I I thought they absolutely had to win the division, but now they have to go play the Rays. I mean, what's the score of that game? I think the Rangers won, but yeah, they like, won. They don't really like Max Scherzer's hurt. He's gone for the year. They don't really have a strong, like really, really strong starting rotation. So I thought they had to have that division, and they don't. Now they have to play the Rays. The Rays are pretty good. Um, if now if they win tomorrow, then they advance to play the Orioles. So if if in some possibility there is a Houston and Texas matchup, it's going to be in the ALCS. And man, if that shit happens. <laughs> Bro, I, mean, I, I mean, what more do I have to say, man? Like, we saw what going on in the regular season, all the ups and downs, all the shit talking, all the stepping on the home plate from Marcus Simeon. Like, that series, if it happens, it's going to be fucking crazy. I cannot put into words how fucking crazy that will be if that happens. Like you said, there's going to be a lot of shit talking. Um, You know, fuck South, Southern Oklahoma. And all their fans, I'm sorry. This is all Houston 
You know, this is this is a Houston everything podcast, which means Astros all day out here. So if that happens, Kush, I really think it can go to seven games because you know they they've played well this year. You know, I'm just gonna be honest. Like they they were in the lead, number one in the division for a lot of time in the year, and you know, you just got to laugh when you give it up at the end, like you choke it away at the end. You know what I mean? That's got to, you know, make him feel some type of way. I know they clinch and they're happy they're in, right? They won today. They have a little confidence going. But I think we have, like, every we're more than capable of taking care of them. And, um, but first, we got to take care of our business, right? We got to make sure that we, we respect our opponent, yeah, man. So just make sure that you respect your opponent. You know what I'm saying? Whoever we play, you know, we play uh, the winner out of uh, the Toronto Blue Jays and the Minnesota Twins. And I want to ask you this, Kush. Out of those two teams, man, who would you rather play? Because the Twins won tonight, right? So um, I'm not going to lie. I would like to play Correa. Bro, just to see what it would look like and, uh, you know, just to bring back, like, the, the old times, you know, when he was on the team and stuff. But who would you rather play, man? Uh, I Both teams are good. Um, I think I would rather, from, like, a talent standpoint, I'd rather play the Twins. The Blue Jays have a lot of, a lot of talent. It's just they just really haven't been able to put it together to really truly be, like, a dominant team not just this year, even last year. If you remember last year in the wild card, they, I think they were up like eight nothing against the, against Seattle. They blew that freaking lead. They lost. Uh, the I series. remember that. Seattle goes to the ALDS to play us. So, you know, the Blue Jays are one of those teams that they have so much talent that if they can put it together in a series, if you're not careful, they can beat you. So, yeah, I like would I rather. Feel- yeah, go ahead. I feel like they're streaky, man. Like they're a streaky team. They get on the roll and look out. Like you could take an L real quick with them, man. They're they're th- that much like they have that much talent on the team, like you said. Yeah, and um, I we've had success against the Twins this year, so I think in a five game series, I think we can beat them. But you know, the Twins did win today. We'll see what happens tomorrow. Um, what you really want is you want that series to go three, three games so that, you know, they use up the pitchers. So in that case, like, let's say it does go to three and the Twins win, then they would get a day off Thursday. Or no, no, they would get a day off Friday. Friday, I think. And then they would play us Saturday. Yeah. So regardless of who it is, I want the, I want that series to go three. Uh, three full games. Hopefully, a lot of pitchers use whoever wins. So, um, yeah. But the ALDS starts Saturday, game one Saturday. I don't think they've came out with a schedule yet. Uh, obviously, because we don't know who's who we're gonna play. But yeah, like the times and stuff. The, the, yeah, the time slots and all that stuff. But I think, like, based on the past two series, like I talked about earlier, like we are. We got hot 
I think we got hot at the right time, but you know, time will tell. Because with this team, you'd never know. There's they had they've been so inconsistent in, during the regular season. So I want to see what they look like in Game One of the ALDS. And you know, last year in Game One of the ALDS against against Seattle, like we were losing. Verlander was pitching that game. We we're losing, and we had to rely on the famous Jordan Alvarez walk off to win that game. I remember the rest of this, the rest of the postseason history, like, right. Like that's the thing that really got us going. Uh, I was there last year. I was there at that game. Kush. Yeah, man. So yeah, you were there. Like, so you saw this shit unfold. Like, and I think that like plays like that in the postseason are so like, they can be, they can swing the pendulum in a series. And in my opinion, last year, that one play swung the series because if we lose that game, Seattle's coming in game two, uh, you know, that Saturday afternoon, and Luis Castillo's on the mound. You never know what's going to happen, you know? And so plays like that are huge, you know. Um, and I'm really looking forward to, like, who's going to be the guy to step up in this first series against whoever we play. Um, is it going to be Alex Bregman? Is it going to be Jordan? Is it going to be someone like Yiner Diaz if Dusty if yeah. Dusty plays him? You know, like, and then <laughs> I'll get me started on that, Kush. Yeah, and then defensively, like, you know, I think Maldonado defensively in years past, he's been like we've put him, we've started him in the playoffs because of his defensive ability, um, because of his his experience. But he's had a lot of pass balls this year, so I think I think you can make an excuse to start Yiner. You can't really use Maldi's defense as an excuse this year to um to not start Yiner over him. So I think that's been like a a back and forth like crazy thing the entire season. So I think that's gonna be magnified in the postseason and that's to me that's one of the most like uh manager wise, like decision making wise that's one of the decisions or indecisions that I'm looking forward to the to the most this postseason. Yeah, man, that, that's gonna play a big part in how you know the game is like being dictated because really when you look at it, he should be playing Kush, right? Yainer should be playing in that spot. And I know a lot of people, you know, we love Maldi. Don't get me wrong, bro, but like he has to be in there. And I have a friendly request for the Houston Astros. Can I say this, Kush? Go ahead. Can we please win some home games, please? Like, can we do some home cooking? Because we've been ass at home, like, the whole year. And this would be a great time to get some doves at the crib, man. Like, let's get some home cooking. It's the playoffs. It's a different season now. And you can't do the same shit you were doing in a regular season where these guys, where teams were coming in here scoring four or five runs in the first, second inning, and now you're in the you're in the hole, right, trying to come back at home. That's where you should be winning most of your games. But it's just a, one of those things that's just bizarre, man. Like, I just don't get it. Hopefully we can turn that around. Yeah, man. Uh, they got to win home games, man, especially now that they won the division. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like if they would have got into the wild card, like they would have had to go. They would have had to gone on the road. So, you know, 
hopefully they can start to win some of these home home games because if not, they're gonna be out of the playoffs quick. And one last thing I want to bring up before we get out of here, uh, Jeff Passan kind of predicted the Twins to beat us in the ALDS. So um, we'll of see course. what happens. Like, but like I mean, but that's what I'm saying. Like this team this year is not as good as it was last year. So I mean, I'm confident in the in the Astros, but. If someone like the Twins or the Blue Jays ends up beating us, I'm not going to be surprised. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I don't think that's going to happen. But if it were to happen, just watching this year's team the whole year, like it wouldn't shock me. Yeah, I mean, because when you look at the series where we got swept against the Royals at home, I mean, that tells you everything about this year, right? There was games that you, you know, you would like to win those games down the stretch because it was such a tight race in the division because you were trying to win the division and you get swept at home. Like it just, those things don't make sense, but that's why we say that because it, we were so inconsistent and it was just up and down the whole year, man. And the, the home record, you know, would never look good this year. So I totally understand what you're saying, Kush. Yeah, and um, we're we're obviously gonna know more about who we play, you know, in a couple days. So uh, whether it's the Blue Jays or the um, Twins, man, I think I think whoever we play, I think the series. I don't think we're gonna sweep them. I think the series will go four games. I'll say that. I think the series, whoever we play, will go four games. Um, you know, last year. The Mariners came in like hot, right? They had they got Castillo in the trade trade deadline uh, as their ace pitcher, and I think a lot of people were expecting them to make it more of a series than they did last year. This year, I think I don't think we're gonna sweep anybody this year. Now I could be wrong; they might just flip the switch and just turn on twenty twenty two Astros vibes again, man. But yeah, the playoffs. Yeah, I don't think that's gonna happen. So. I mean, we'll we'll see what happens on Saturday, game one of the ALDS. Um, are you planning on being outside for the for the ALDS, man? Are you going to the game or just hanging out? It's 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 TBD right now. We're gonna see. I'm I'm trying to to make it to it, uh, but we'll, it's TBD right now. What about you, brother? Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't I have no idea what I'm doing yet. So we'll figure. Okay. We'll probably figure it out Saturday morning. You know. So, yeah, like last minute, like yeah. we always do. You yeah. know what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but we're gonna. Man, I, I tell you, I tell you this. Uh, I don't think I'm going to the game because, man, the, the those playoff tickets are very, very pricey this year, and well deserved oh, yeah. so because they won the fucking championship last year. So, yeah, that's facts, man. Well, we're gonna end it there, you guys. Thank you so much for for listening and tuning in to Inside the H podcast. Make sure you guys are subscribed to our podcast. You know, um, on Apple or Spotify, and make sure you guys follow us on Twitter at Inside the H Pod. My name is Iquayar. You can find me on Twitter X at Iquayar. Kush, let them know where they can find you at, man. Hey, uh, on Twitter, I guys, I just recently got a new Twitter. Uh, it's at Christopher V Two. Again, that's at Christopher V Two. Go ahead and follow me, guys, on my new Twitter. Um, like Ike said. We do drop on Spotify and Apple. Uh, we usually post a link tree. Just click the link. You can find all our links underneath there. And with that being said, man, 
Uh, we'll talk to you guys next week. Hopefully, we're talking about the Astros advancing to the ALCS next week. Hopefully, we're talking about a Texans three-game winning streak next yes, week. Yes, sir. So, you know, let's end it right there, man, inside the H. Houston everything inside the H.